Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So the inflation number <laughs> inflation number came out. Sorry, I had to get the let's go. Let's go, Brandon Bell is back again. LGB. Inflation, 7% year over year. Highest number we've seen in about 40 years. Nice job, Joey Botts. Well done. Just came out before the show. I got that. Some uh, deeply troubling audio from Capitol Hill yesterday. Uh, Ted Cruz asking some very good questions of the FBI. I've got some analysis on that based on experience. And uh, CNN and Joe Biden, everyone else entirely jumping the shark as Biden, uh, Biden's agenda completely now collapses. They're throwing the, the Hail Mary pass here. A really loaded show today. We almost started a few minutes late here, almost, because there's so much stuff to pack in. So let's get right to it. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Let's go. Oh, boy. <laughs> so just quickly on the inflation story, because it just cracked before we got on the air. Inflation uh, tapped in year over year just now. Just came out 8.30 a.m. Eastern time this morning at 7%. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think about that for just a moment. I want to put meat on the bone and make this uh, bleed for you a little bit. Because, you know, you have to kind of feel it. If you don't feel it, people are going to pretend like this is nothing in the Biden White House. 7% inflation. That means in 10 years, if this were to keep up, and believe me, don't discount the fact that it might. Small chance we'd hit 7% for 10 straight years, but by no means impossible. That would mean prices would more than double 10 years from now. You happy with that? Want to pay 600 k for a $300,000 house? <laughs> Folks, this is real. Man, this is real. We are back to the uh, Jimmy Carter-like stagflation era. 10 million people out of the workforce, job growth slowing, the disastrous number, 7% inflation. Maybe I'll get to that a little later, uh, but this just came out before the show and just speaks to the failure of the Biden agenda. I want to get to this, though, because it's super important. And like I said, we've got a lot of material to get to today. One of the most disturbing video audio bites I've heard in a long time up on Capitol Hill, Senator Ted Cruz. He's up there speaking with the FBI. And an FBI official, uh, you'll hear her voice and see her voice if you're watching on Rumble in a minute, is asked a very simple question about January 6th. Ted Cruz asks, hey, were there any FBI officials involved in this? And asks an even more troubling question. Were there any FBI officials involved in any violent activities on January 6th? Sounds like a pretty simply, uh, simple uh, answer, correct? Here, I want you to watch this exchange and watch the FBI official in a panic failing to answer any of this. And you should be asking yourself, why isn't she answering? Check this out. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents any FBI or agents confidential or informants confidential actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents any or confidential FBI informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents any F or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sadburn, who is Ray Epps? I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. I'm going to show you who Ray Epps is, EPPS, in a second. But think about this. She was asked a direct question. And what I'm failing to see in a lot of the commentary on this, maybe because of a lack of experience with some people with uh, what the rules of being a federal agent in undercover work are, is this is a really disturbing development here. The FBI should be able to clearly answer that question at a minimum, at a minimum that their agents were not involved in violent activity on January 6th, right? 
Now, why do I say they should be able to answer that? Because if you look at the FBI manual and me and our Secret Service uh, manuals and guidelines and training procedures, I was an instructor in our academy. I actually taught the undercover course in our academy. It was a great course. We wrote it. There are very strict prohibitions on the activities you can engage in when you're acting in an undercover capacity. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you cannot murder someone as an undercover agent, thankfully, to prove your bona fides if you were, say, infiltrating the mob. You can't say to, like, Secret Service headquarters, hey, there's this mob out there, the mafia folks or whatever they are, or this gang, whatever it may be, and they want me to kill someone in an initiation ritual. So I think it's a good idea we do it so we get better information. Here's a hint, folks. You're not allowed to do that. Joe, stunning, I know. You're, I know yeah, you're, sh- you're not shocked. allowed to murder someone. No, you're not. You're not allowed to do and engage in violent activities. There yeah. are very strict prohibitions. Why can't the FBI answer that question? Why? Did she panic? Did she hit the bed with an S in front of it and just didn't know what to say? I don't know. I have an open mind. Maybe she'll correct the record later, but that seems like an awfully simple answer to me. My suggestion to Ted Cruz is to follow up with citations from the FBI training manuals about what the prohibitions are for undercover agents and ask if the FBI manual is being followed. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. Right? Here's the manual. Manual says you're not allowed to do this. Should be a simple answer, right? This is your training guidelines right here. I'm quoting it. Now, who's Ray Epps and why is he asking about this? I'll get to Ray Epps here in a second. But Ray Epps, uh, the video I'll get to Ray, but talking about Ray Epps. Now, Ray Epps was a guy who uh, the night before and the day of uh, this January 6th incident that the Democrats are obsessed with appears to be whispering in people's ears. They then go and push barricades. He's on on, on uh, video, which I'll show in a minute, telling people not only they need to go to the Capitol, but they need to go, quote, inside the Capitol. He's on video doing that. So you would think if the FBI and the Biden administration were obsessed with January 6th and the air quotes insurrection, they call it, right? That a guy who is literally on video telling people to go inside the Capitol and whispering in people's ear right before they storm these gates there, right? You would think Ray Epps would be a primary focus of the FBI investigation, but it doesn't appear he is. They can find Ray Epps tomorrow. But Ray Epps seems to have gotten a pass, which has a lot of patriots out there saying to themselves, why is that? Again, I have an open mind. But they came out yesterday, and don't worry, Armacost, you know what they said? They said Ray Epps testified in front of Congress, and Ray Epps said, I'm definitely not a source with the FBI. All okay, right. Joe, it's over. Don't worry okay, about it. Okay, move on then. Joe's like, I'm good. I'm We're good. Show's over. Now, that may be true. Again, I have an open mind. I'm not a conspiracy theorist like the PP tape left. That may be true. But forgive me for not taking the FBI or Ray Epps' first word about who's a source and who's not. Why would you do that? Are you a conspiracy theorist? Uh, no, it's, it's just happened before. Like just recently with the collusion hoax and the Spygate case. You need a little reminder? USA Today, January 29, 2021. Ex-FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith sentenced to a one-year probation for altering Russia probe email. Let me read this for you. So again, forgive me for not taking the first password by Epps or the FBI about who a source is and isn't. Quote, the document was altered to show that Carter Page was, quote, not a source for the CIA even though the original message from the CIA indicated otherwise. The CIA had earlier told investigators in a memo that Page was an operational contact for the agency from 20, uh, 2008 to 2013 and provided information about his contacts with Russian intelligence officers. Folks, it's not like they didn't just do this a couple of years ago. So forgive me for not taking their first pass answer. I have an open mind. Is Ray Epps telling the truth that he wasn't a source? By the way, are they going to ask him, as Tucker indicated last night, which is a good question, too, was he a source for any government agency, not just the FBI? These are fair questions, correct? These are the kind of questions, by the way, these are the kind of questions that the left used to be interested in, the ACLU and people like that a long time ago. Remember the COINTEL Pro and the Black Panthers? They were fascinated by this stuff. No more. 
Now they don't seem to care why a guy who's there calling for storming the Capitol inside and who's there at the scene seems to have gotten a pass by the FBI. And now they don't want to answer questions about who Ray Epps is. Weird, right? If he's not a source. Just say he's not a source. Epps has said that, but the FBI won't. Strange, no? Mm. Geek, you up this video. Oh, by the way, one more question. Why can't we see the transcript of Epps' actual answers? As Tucker said last night, he's correct. The transcript of Mark Meadows, former chief of staff to Trump's tweets, leaked immediately. Why haven't we seen the transcript about Ray Epps' questioning? Why haven't we seen that yet? So in case you need evidence, because we always bring receipts, by the way, here's a video of Epps the night before calling about going inside the Capitol. Here, check this out yourself. I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail tomorrow. We need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. As people scream, no, no. Yeah, right? (laughs) Fed, fed, fed. Uh, you know, again, forgive me for not taking the first pass answer here. Uh, first pass answer here, folks. I'm going to do what journalists should be doing, and I'm going to stay. Uh, I'm going to stay skeptical. I'm open to any explanation. I would just rather see some receipts first, not just Ray Epps's word for it or someone else. Clearly, the FBI's word about who's a source and who isn't um, it hasn't been accurate in prominent cases in the past. Sorry, guys. Sorry we got to go here. But again, you got to get your credibility back sometime, and you've just forfeited it. All right, moving on. So the left has entirely jumped the shark, folks. It's over. The desperation is now clear. There's two things going on right now I need you to pay close attention to. Biden gave a speech yesterday about his new push for an election hijacking measure. Um, It's a disgraceful measure that will destroy the the integrity of elections in perpetuity. They'll be over which is fascinating because the left claims to be the party of election integrity now, which is a joke because they question every election they lose. Um, And now they're pushing a bill that will unquestionably hijack elections and lead to them being far less secure. It's a war on voter ID is what it is. There are two things going on here. Number one, even D.C. insiders are starting to acknowledge, even this early in the Biden presidency, that it's likely over. Um, inflation, job numbers struggling, foreign policy collapsing. Uh, the man is just a complete mess. The bill back worst plan collapsing, uh, spending out of control. Uh, it just you, you name it. We're, the coronavirus epidemic, which he was going to you know, put a stop to, is just owning Joe Biden right now. So number one is it's likely over for Joe Biden, hence this uh, election hijacking bill push. Uh, he needs a Hail Mary right now. Uh, number two, They are really terrified about the 2022 elections. They are afraid of not just a loss. They know they're going to lose the House and possibly the Senate. What they're afraid of right now is an apocalyptic level route, which would destroy the Democrat Party's fundraising abilities for two and three election cycles. Everybody understand that? Those are the two things going on. That's why the left has entirely jumped the shark. What do I mean? They need this election hijacking bill right now to stop mass victories in 2022 and to rescue Joe Biden and make it seem like he at least has one victory under his belt. You tracking? Hence, we have ridiculous rhetoric like this from another just disgrace-talking head commentator and embarrassment to humankind, Bakari Sellers on CNN, now claiming that Mark Kelly, Joe Manchin, and Kirsten Sinema, three Democratic senators, um, implying that they may be racist. (laughs) This is just insane. Here, check this out. This is as clear as I can be, Jake. And Chris Coons is a friend of mine. But if Chris Coons, John Tester, Mark Kelly, Kirsten Sinema, and Joe Manchin want to be on the side of, of George Wallace, want to be on the side of Strom Thurmond and many others who stood in the way of civil rights, even Strom Thurmond came around on voting rights. But if they want to go down in history as standing on the side of segregationists and those individuals who oppose uh, people who look like me having free and fair access to the ballot, then we will remember them as such. This is that type of moment, and this is the urgency we have to have. I mean, this is really stunning. I, 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 you know, when your political enemies are destroying themselves, do not get in their way. This is Bakari Sellers, a, dis- a disgrace to humanity. I mean, really. On CNN, comparing, what is it, four, maybe five Democrats, Tester, Coons, Cinema. 
mansion. It was four. Did he mention another one too? I'm not really sure. Four or five. Comparing them to segregationists in the South. Now, as we know, fellas, this strategy worked so well on Joe Manchin before. Showing up at Joe Manchin's houseboat, blocking his car in a garage, threatening him over the Build Back Worse plan. That worked great. That was that just worked really great before. So now it's like someone sat around in a focus group and said, okay, so that thing we pulled with Joe Manchin before, right? Blocking in his car in a garage, harassing him on his houseboat or whatever it may be. Um, it worked so well before in getting him to vote for Build Back Worse. Oh, no, it didn't? Oh, he said no on that? Oh, I got an idea. Now let's call him a racist and compare him to segregationists. Do not get in their way. Let Bakari sellers keep the let's attack Joe Manchin approach going. It's working swimmingly well for Bakari sellers. Do not stop them, folks. But here is Biden yesterday. He's making a full court press for this election hijacking bill, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which has nothing to do with voting rights and everything to do with a federal takeover of elections. It does basically two things, folks. It reinstates preclearance so that states now who make any changes to their voting rules would have to go to the federal government first. Why does that matter? Because the federal government and right and, and, and so-called, I'm using air quotes, civil rights groups, because they're actually anti-civil rights groups, would then sue every time a, a state wants to change, a, you know, change some voting law, right? They want to reinstitute preclearance. Second, they want to use it to attack voter ID. It's as simple as that. Because voter ID would lead to election integrity and Democrats hate election integrity. So here's Joe Biden pushing this thing in a speech in Georgia yesterday. And he disgraces himself again, invoking the memory of the heroes of the civil rights movement and implying that he was a part of that. He was one of the marchers. But I want you to notice how he says something and he catches himself in his own lie, doesn't take it back, but he catches himself lying again about being arrested in the civil rights movement. The man he said to me this morning. Do you think the guy is just memory issues or is he a pathological liar? I said, no, it's not memory issues because he's been lying about this for decades. He is a pathological liar. He was not arrested. He was not even an activist in the civil rights movement. Check this out. I did not walk in the shoes of generations of students who walked these grounds. But I walked other grounds because I'm so damn old I was there as well. <laughs> they think I'm kidding, man. Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested. Anyway. Did you notice? Did you catch it? Did you guys see how he caught himself? He knows he's told this getting arrested story many times, at least three times in the past. Folks, it's, it's a fake story. The man was not arrested. I don't, you know, I don't know what it is. My guess is, having been exposed to a lot of people through the 57 different careers I was in, exaggerating of course I've had a lot of different careers though you get the point I've seen people like this a lot the the puffery the 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 bravado you know I always laugh growing up in Queens I've seen it's always out of a sense of kind of insecurity there's always this exaggeration but with this guy it's an outright lie he's not just exaggerating he's lying he was never arrested and he was not a civil rights activist why because he said it himself I'm going to get to that in a second as I go on more about this, how he has lied repeatedly about this. Folks, you should be embarrassed if you're on the left. If the man wants to push this election hijacking measure, then push it. But invoking the rights, uh, the memories, excuse me, of, of heroic civil rights activists, Martin Luther King and others, and claiming you were one of them to push this bill that does nothing of the sort about civil rights is really a disgrace, even for Joe Biden. It's embarrassing. He's lied about this before. Coming up next. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay, getting back to this. And again, I can't say this enough. 
invoking the memory of civil rights heroes to push a bill that would do nothing for civil rights, matter of fact, would create chaos in elections, is one of the, I mean, one of the most disgraceful things I've seen in a long time. Now, in case you think Joe Biden, who is a pathological liar, lying about him being a civil rights activist and getting arrested is a new thing, you'd be wrong. Here's video of Joe Biden. I think this is from The Intercept. Here is Joe Biden lying again about him being involved in the civil rights movement as an activist and in claiming he was like arrested. This is just, it's embarrassing, this guy. Check this out. You know, when I was a teenager in Delaware, for real, I got involved in the civil rights movement. We have the eighth largest black population in America. Most people don't know that. And uh, I'd go to eight o'clock mass, then I'd go to Reverend Herring's church where we'd meet in order to organize and figure where we were going to go, whether we're going to desegregate the Rialdo movie theater, what we were going to do. I got my education for real in the black church. And that's not hyperbole, it's a fact. But I got my education, Reverend Doc, in the black church, not a joke. Because when we used to get organized on Sundays to go out and desegregate movie theaters and things like that, we'd do it through the black church. I was no big shakes, Reverend, in the civil rights movement. I was just a kid. I got involved in desegregated movie theaters and helping, you may remember, Reverend Moyer in Delaware and Herman Holloway organized voter registration drives, coming out of black churches on Sunday, figuring how we were going to move. Now, do you notice he did it again, the tick? You see the verb, you hear the verbal tick? When he says not a joke, it means he's lying. It's a tick. People have them all the time. He's going through in his head what to say, and he figures it lends him more credibility if he verbalizes that this is not a joke. In other words, emphasizing the lie, making it appear that the emphasis makes the lie less of a lie. He does this all the time. So there you go. There's Joe Biden saying repeatedly again how he was some civil rights activist and how he was arrested. He's got street cred in the civil rights movement, all to push a bill that will destroy the integrity of elections and voter ID. But here's the problem, folks. Joe Biden's had to recant this before. Now, it's one thing to lie. It's another thing to lie repeatedly, get caught lying, recant the lie, and then to just lie again like the recanting of the lie never happened. Here, you doubt me? Here's video again for The Intercept about Joe Biden recanting his story about being an activist. Check this out. When I marched in the civil rights movement, I did not march with a 12-point program. I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes. And we changed attitudes. When I was 17 years old, like many of you, I participated in sit-ins to desegregate the restaurants and movie houses of Wilmington, Delaware. I came out of the civil rights movement. I was one of those guys that sat in and marched and all that stuff. During the 60s, I was, in fact, very concerned about the civil rights movement. I was not an activist. I worked at an all-black swimming pool in the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. I was involved. I was involved in what, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. I was involved, but I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. I was a suburbanite kid who got a dose of exposure to what was happening to black Americans when I in my own city. Just to be clear here, folks. Just to be clear. Joe Biden, who claims he was arrested and was some big civil rights activist, has already recanted in the past and said, no, I was just a suburban kid. And his experience, Joe, his experience is he worked at a black pool, an all black pool. His words, not yeah. mine. That, that's it. Well, that's a, it's quite a resume there, Joe. Man, put you right up there with the, with, the, with the big guys. You really knocked it out of the park, didn't you? You were a suburban kid who worked at a, quote, all-black pool? That's your civil rights activism? <laughs> Way to go, buddy. You really knocked it out. But you changed history, man. You changed history with the little, like, uh, white zinc cream on your nose as you were lifeguarding at an all-black all pool, quote. He's already recanted. Now, you may say, well, Dan, all right, maybe he was arrested. Uh, nope, that's not true either. Washington Examiner story, quote, be in my newsletter today. Biden says he was arrested during civil rights fight, a claim he's had a recant before. 
<laughs> this is great. Not only has he recanted, keep this up. Not only has he recanted his I was an activist story and then lied about it again after the recanting, but the great recanting happened about the arrest too. According to a Washington Post tally, Biden has told the story about being arrested, right? Publicly at least three times. When asked about it during an interview with CNN, Biden conceded that he was not arrested, saying, I wasn't arrested. I was stopped. I was not able to move where I wanted to go. Stop. So, Joe, just to be clear, this is his civil rights history. <laughs> yeah. He was a big shot activist. His experiences sitting at a lifeguard with zinc oxide on his nose at what he says is an all black pool. And he says he was stopped once. Uh, Joe, you. Were you stopped ever? I've been stopped. I've been stopped for speeding quite a bit. Dan, I've been Baby. stopped often, yes. You're a civil rights activist. Joe oh. is a... Joe, now listen. I didn't know Joe that. loves civil rights. We're committed to it on this show. Yes, sir. I don't dispute his bona fides, but I didn't know he was an activist. Joe yeah. is going to go to the pearly gates of heaven, present his resume, yes, and he, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, Armacost, big time civil rights activist. Yes. Maybe you should get a plaque on the mall somewhere. I was stopped too. It, folks, the guy is a pathological liar. He is a, why would you believe anything this guy says? Why? It, it, it's not, yeah, it's not a joke, folks. It's not hyperbole. Joe, he is a pathological liar. And Gee asked me if it was like a, a, a cognitive decline thing. No, I don't think, because he's been doing it forever. Yeah. Even when he wasn't in cognitive decline. It's, it's out of an insecurity. People do this all the time. There's a great book called People of the Lie. It's a fascinating book. That guy, Scott, forgive me, he wrote uh, The Road Less Traveled, another great book. I forget his last name, The Doctor, uh, but it's a great book, both of them. But there's this book, People of the Lie. It's a really terrific book. I loved it. It's about these people who they're almost sociopathic. They have no attachment to the truth whatsoever, and they don't care. He's a psychiatrist, the doctor who wrote the book. Scott Peck. Yes, that's right. M. Scott Peck, I think his name is right. M. Scott Peck. People of the lie. And he talks about interviewing over the years. He uses, obviously, pseudonyms. But his patients, who were really sociopathic, and they would just lie, even when caught, would lie about getting caught. Folks, this is Joe Biden. Even worse. During the rally, he said, listen, if you don't vote for my election hijacking bill I want, you're like segregationist George Wallace. Even better. Joe Biden lying again, as you can see from this newspaper article here. Sunbelt votes key to White House. This is from back in what, 19, what is that, 87? Joe Biden was reminding people that George Wallace, quote, praised him on his being an outstanding young politician. It just cannot get any worse with this cat. You're on the side of segregation is George Wallace. You don't vote for this hijacking bill. George Wallace praised you and you went out there and bragged about it. Why do you believe anything this guy says? There it is right there. Here's another one. So yesterday from Biden's speech. He's claiming here, invoking, first he invoked his, his civil rights activist history, working at a pool um, and getting stopped once. But now he's invoking his, uh, he claims to be a Catholic, which I don't know how he, that supporting abortion and all these Ooh. radical nonsense things. I don't know how that claim stands. But now he's invoking the Bible, uh, lying, about, while ironically, while lying about what the Georgia voter bill they passed says. Here, check this out. Longer lines at the polls, lines that can last for hours. You've seen it with your own eyes. People get tired, they get hungry. When the Bible teaches us to feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty, the new Georgia law actually makes it illegal. Think of this, I mean, it's 2020, and now 22 going into that election, it makes it illegal. Bring your neighbors, your fellow voters, food or water while they wait in line to vote. What in the hell heck are we talking about? Okay, again, he's just making that up. Um, this is what Joe Biden does. Uh, ironically, the Georgia bill that passed that he's attacking down there in Georgia 
if there are hours long lines, like he says, there's going to they're going to be the new bill gives the uh, gives the state the power to remove the election officials that cause the long lines. Notice he doesn't mention any of that. And second, he is entirely mischaracterizing the new Georgia bill about giving people food and water. How do I know that? Because here's the actual bill, folks. You can't give people food or water within, if you are a political, by the way, you can do a self-serve thing if you're a polling official. You want to set up a water station at self-serve? Fine. Within 150 feet or within 25 feet of any voter standing in line at any polling place. Why was this passed? Because what candidates were doing, folks, is they were handing out bottles of water with, say, a vote for John Smith label on it, and they were doing it right outside the polling location. And in an effort, smartly so, to not screw up and interfere with elections, we have rules about voter intimidation or solicitation near the polls. Ladies and gentlemen, you've had a million opportunities to reach voters before the election. You can go in their house. You can politic. You can stand 100. I I ran for office. I did it. There's a line. When you go to a polling location, there's a clear sign. No politicking inside this line. Outside, you want to stand out there, say, vote for Dan Bongino, you are free to do it. But you are not allowed to, you know, bribe people with food and goodies and water and stuff with that say, vote for Dan Bongino within 150 feet of the edge of any polling location or 25 feet of voters standing in line. You want to set up a self-serve thing? You really want to feed people like the Bible says? Put up a stand without any voter stuff 25 feet away from a voter that says, hey, free donuts and water. So again, what he said, where are the fact checkers again, by the way, on this? Are they going to do anything? I think PolitiFact did something a while ago. Are they going to do anything about this? If there was ever a missing context, this is it. You want to go set up, uh, make free burgers? and put them at a polling location with no election materials while you're not soliciting votes, go ahead and do it as long as you meet the guidelines. You can feed whoever you want. Guy's a liar, folks. He's such a liar. So pathetic. And so are the Democrats, too. They now want to dump the filibuster, the 60-vote threshold in the Senate, because they don't have 60 votes, to pass this election hijacking measure, which will basically scrap voter ID. That's their goal, right? That's what Biden wants. So the Democrats are now saying the filibuster, it's a relic. We've got to get rid of it. Well, that's not what the Democrats said the entire time, showing you again, these people, just like Joe Biden, are pathological liars with no principles. Here's a supercut from the national GOP of Democrats saying, don't dare dump the filibuster. It's racist. This is terrible. We need to keep the filibuster. Keep the filibuster. They now want to dump. Here, check this out. They want to make this country into a banana republic where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. The legislative filibuster should stay there, and I, I, I will personally uh, resist efforts to get rid of it. I'm committed to never voting to change the legislative filibuster. That would be the end of the Senate. It raises problems that are more damaging than the problem that exists. You cannot change the rules in the middle of the game because you do not like the outcome. You're going to throw the entire Congress into chaos and nothing will get done. Change the rules in midstream. To wash away 200 years of history. Nothing at all will get done. I don't think that we ought to be coming in willy-nilly and and uh, changing the rules. You can't change the rules in the middle of the game. Ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. Just to be clear, folks, those were all Democrats. Those are not Republicans arguing against Biden trying to dump the filibuster. Those are Democrats. I don't expect them to have any principles. I know either do you. But let me just throw this in there. This is a Hail Mary for Biden. This dump the filibuster, pass this voting legislation bill. I've said it before. Ladies and gentlemen, if this thing fails, which it will, he does not have the votes. Mark Kelly's starting to change his mind. Manchin has been firm. They're not going to change the rules. They need 50, uh, 51 to change the rules. It is not going to happen. Biden is going all in on this because it's the last thing he has to save his presidency. And when this thing fails, this man's credibility is going to be completely finished and gone. I promise you. All right, moving on. because I've got a lot to get to today. Remember State Senator Justin Wayne, a Democrat? Yes, a Democrat out of Nebraska, who I applauded for his speech a while ago about school choice. 
Senator Justin Wayne represents a largely minority district in Nebraska with a uh, with a lot of minority voters in it, and they are being sent to schools that suck. And Senator Justin Wayne wants his uh, his constituents, kids, to go to good schools. Shocker! A Democrat who actually gives a damn. So he gave a speech we played the other day, and he said, "Listen to all you uh, state Senate members out there voting against this bill. You, I want you to send your kids." to the crappy schools in my district if you vote against this. Of course, none of them actually did. So State Senator Justin Wayne gave another speech just the other day because apparently no state senators, stunner fellas, none of them actually took Justin Wayne up on the <sighs> offer to send their kids to the crappy schools in his district. So hat tip Senator Justin Wayne from Nebraska, Democrat, for calling them out again. Here we go. I'm going to start off with this uh, simple thing that we've talked about this a year ago. And a year ago, I challenged everybody in here that if you would send one of your family members to a school, a neighborhood school in my district or Senator McKinney's district, I would change how I feel about this bill. and We can go through the struggles together. Just curious if anybody did that. Anybody, anybody move their kid to Senator McKinney's neighborhood schools or, or my neighborhood schools so we can go through the transformational that you keep telling my community to wait for together. Okay, so nobody did that. But your kids did go to private school. Listen, uh, I'm as partisan as they get. I don't, I don't run from that. It's true, I'm an opinion commentator. But if I sense that a Democrat, I said this the other day and I'll say it again, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, if there is any Democrat out there who wants to fight for public safety and the right of America's kids, regardless of their color, creed, race, or sex, to go to good quality schools. I am with you. You are welcome on my show anytime. We can disagree on the other things, and we will, but I am all in on public safety and education. Hat tip, Senator Justin Wayne. I don't know him. I've never met him, but good for you. You're welcome on my show to talk about it anytime. Now, he has a colleague over there, a coward by the name of Megan Hunt, who will not send her kids to one of those schools. Uh, you know, that's not what they do. So Megan Hunt is uh, against this school choice bill because she's an anti-civil rights activist who doesn't like kids and doesn't want kids to get a good education. So showing you how these uh, Democrats, a lot of them, the liberal ones, not, not Justin Wayne, who actually had some guts, but most of them are total cowards and gutless losers. Here's Senator Megan Hunt. We sent her an email for the Fox show. Megan Hunt's against this bill. She's been vocal, saying she doesn't want kids in good schools. Oh, she talks about it. So we invited her on Unfiltered. So she's got a checkmark account. Here's Senator Megan Hunt, one of Justin Wayne's colleagues in Nebraska. She's at Nebraska Megan, gutless coward. She says, Dan Bongino asked me to go at his show. Do you think he wants to give me an award? No, no, we don't want to give you an award. We just like you to defend your position that you don't want kids to get a good education uh, because you're an elitist snob politician loser. So... We said, well, I, uh, I had my, uh, my crew there reach out there. She says, oh, wait, go back one second. They, they said, only one way to find out. Does she have the guts? She says, I'm good, love. Enjoy, through the Bongino report account. Uh, uh, I, I'm not your love. I don't love you. Uh, so you can skip the nonsense, please. Uh, but Megan Hunt is pretty much a moron. And she really doesn't like kids. And she says things again on her Twitter, just like Joe Biden, that are pathological in her lying. She says ridiculous things like this on her account in trying to keep kids out of uh, good schools. She says public funds are not for private schools, period. Everyone has a stake in success of public schools, which is why they must be the focus of our limited public funding resources. Public taxpayer dollars are not for services and initiatives that serve the, are for services and initiatives that serve the public, not a select few. <laughs> this is probably one of the single dumbest tweets in human history. But Megan Hunt isn't bright enough to figure that out. So, Joe, just to be clear, Megan Hunt's saying public funds, taxpayer funds, they don't go to private institutions. They don't. So Corey DeAngelis, who I had on my Fox show last week, who is far smarter than Megan Hunt. This is why Megan Hunt will not come on my show to debate. So you should tweet to her respectfully at Nebraska Megan. Why not come on the show? You a coward? You don't believe it? So Corey Hunt replied back, said, really? Public dollars aren't used there at private institutions? Here's just a few examples for Megan, who's an idiot and doesn't know any of this or does and lies like Joe Biden. What about Pell Grants? Yeah, they go to kids that go to private colleges, GI Bill, pre-K programs, food stamps, Medicaid, Section 8, 
Social Security. And by the way, the list goes on and on. And on. Which one of those initiatives, Corey uh, wants to know, is uh, Nebraska Megan um, against? The answer is none of them because Nebraska Megan's full of crap. It's a coward and a chump. Yeah, right? Dude, that's a minimum of a monthly right there. That's at least one monthly. Thank you. I was going to say, yeah, I was bro. erring towards the two monthlies now. Good. We agreed on that one. Yeah. Nebraska Megan's a joke. Uh, we invited her on the show to say her piece. And because they're so unconfident about their position and humiliated and embarrassed, they have to tweet out to their followers, should I go on the show? Uh, because she knows she's going to get humiliated. That's why. Just disgusting, these people. They're just gross. They really are. They're just gross. Whereas I can reach out and say to a Democrat, uh, who I probably don't agree with on a lot of other things, honestly, hey, this is a good thing. Let's link shields and fight for this and put our partisan differences aside. Notice how the one on the other side of it, Megan Hunt, doesn't even have the guts to come on the show. All right, moving on. Hey, this is just a quick article I want to get out there. We had, a, you know, the questions for Dan. And by the way, if you'd like to submit questions for the Friday show, go to my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino, and just comment on any of our podcast videos, preferably the Thursday one, and we'll get, we get to some of your questions. One of the questions was really great. This is kind of just one of those off-topic things. They had asked me about podcasting. Someone said, Dan, I'd like to get into podcasting. How did you do it? You think it's a good idea? And I had to be honest with him. I said, candidly, probably not from a business perspective. And I gave you two reasons. I said, number one, if you were a first mover early on, you know, me and Shapiro and others, when the podcast space wasn't crowded, the shows were easier to find. And I said, secondly, now that there's so many people, um, it's just really hard to find the show. So it's going to take millions of marketing to get noticed, right? Bloomberg piece just came out uh, the other day, January 9th, says exactly that. It's a good piece. It'll be in my newsletter, bongino.com slash newsletter. If you'd like to sign up, it's free. Just click the sign up button. Podcasting hasn't produced a new hit in years. And they say pretty much everyone agrees on the reason. There are 3 million podcasts on Spotify, up from a few hundred thousand just a few years ago. A lot of these new shows are either defunct or minuscule audiences. There are just because there are a lot more, it's just harder to find. You know, if you're a fish in a pond, you don't want to be the only fish in a pond, right? You're a lot more likely to get, you want to be one of like 10,000 fish. So the chances of you getting caught is far less. It says the number of new podcasts has grown more quickly than the podcast audience. So the number of listeners per show is going down. The list of shows competing to be that program you try in your weekend walk is longer than the backlog of TV shows you want to watch. The gist of the article is this, what they say next, that this fragmentation is happening now and it was easier now to build an audience. Uh, it's easier early on to build an audience on these new platforms like YouTube and TikTok. It says soon, in, uh, soon enough, there'll be a new platform of choice. I bring this up for one reason. And yes, I am a part owner of Rumble. But what they're saying, folks, is as these platforms like YouTube and Apple Podcasts mature and grow, and Spotify, where 3 million people are there now, the likelihood of you getting noticed are slim, slim to none. But they said, if you can be an early mover on a new platform, you have a shot at getting noticed. Rumble is there for you now. Get in now. Get your shows and your content on there now. You do how-to videos, makeup videos, workout videos, conservative content. You have a platform now that is still growing, but you can still get noticed. Rumble.com. Start your account today. You know, Dan. There you go. The good thing about podcasting is anybody can do it. The bad thing about podcasting is anybody, is anybody can do it. Do it. Yeah, I really. Knew you were say that. Yeah. No, it's true. And Joe and I started a long time ago, and we put in a ton of work, and it took us about five years or so Hell before yes. we really built a substantial audience. But you have a shot right now on Rumble to get noticed. I be believe me, I'm not saying this out of my own time. I've got two million followers on Rumble. I'm saying it because we did this for you. We wanted a free speech platform, so give it a shot. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. But yeah, good point, Joe. That is absolutely accurate. There's no barrier to entry, very nope. little, which is good and bad. Okay, folks, there's a huge scandal. Man, this was a loaded Tuesday. A huge scandal brewing at the Department of Education. Remember that letter from the Department of Justice? Uh, uh, the letter from first, I should get the, chron uh, the chronological order right. The National School Boards Association had sent a letter to the Department of Justice implying that parents who showed up to, uh, to protest CRT, critical race theory, in their schools, which is racist by nature, that these parents could be domestic terrorists and should be investigated. Really? 
Department of Justice then responded with a letter to the FBI uh, suggesting they look at this. Um, the FBI then created a, th- a threat tag for these parents. I mean, if this sounds like something out of some Orwell novel, um, it should. This actually happened. But now, ladies and gentlemen, the story took a disturbing twist yesterday. The Epic Times has an article, again, in my newsletter. Please read it. That now it appears, appears, and to be fair to both sides, the Department of Education, because, again, we do actual reporting here, unlike journalist hacks. The Department of Education is denying this, saying, no, no, we were just soliciting input from people. Ah, you're going to have to make the call, folks. We've got the email exchanges. Bill Pan, Epic Times. Biden's education secretary, Cardona, allegedly requested the domestic terrorism letter from school boards group. Oh, boy. According to email exchanges obtained by advocacy group Parents Defending Education, that NSBA letter, National School Boards letter, appears to be a response to a request for information by U.S. Secretary of Education, Miguel Cordona. Ladies and gentlemen. What's that? No, uh, he said he's not surprised. No, me. why would you be surprised after what we just went through with Spygate and the collusion hoax? Now, what have I told you early on about the dangers of this stuff? I want you to remember this. Again, given my former career in law enforcement. The hallmark of a constitutional republic and not a tyrannical society, right, when it comes to crimes and the investigation of crimes, like the National School Board letter was alleging. Investigate these people. They could be committing crimes, these parents, right? The hallmark of that is we investigate crimes and we look for people. We do not investigate people and look for crimes. Think about that. When I was a police officer, if you were in the complaint room where people walk into the precinct, oh, sir, I got to file a report. I just had my bag stolen, whatever it is. They're alleging a crime. You take a complaint report, 61s we used to call them at the time, and then the detectives would go and investigate. That's how it works. Someone reports a crime, you investigate the people involved. Someone does not walk in the precinct in a constitutional republic, although it happens in tyrannical regimes all the time. And say, I want to investigate my neighbor, John Smith. For what? I don't know. He probably did something wrong. I just don't like him. You understand how the society totally collapses if that's the case? That's what happened here. This NSBA letter implied that parents should be investigated, people, to go find a crime of domestic terrorism, despite no allegation of a crime. Domestic terrorism. None. Now do you see the problem? Folks, if this was in response to a solicitation by Cardona, the Secretary of Education, folks, he needs to be under investigation, Cardona, immediately and should step down today. Today. This is a monstrous scandal. And why? Because the Republic will collapse if we reverse that order, investigating people looking for crimes. And as if on cue, folks. Washington Post, yesterday, the Justice Department is now forming a new domestic terrorism unit to address the growing threat. Nothing to see here, ladies and gentlemen. And conveniently, who wrote this piece of the Washington Post? This is why I put it up there. Two peepee hoaxers, Matt Zapatowski and the infamous Devlin Barrett. Both heavily involved in the peepee hoax, and shockingly, they still have jobs. Amazing. Devlin Barrett, specifically. Deeply involved. Nothing to see here, folks. We have a domestic terrorism squad now at the FBI. How exactly are we defining domestic terrorism? Does that include Antifa and BLM? Or does that just include people who showed up on the mall to exercise their right to assemble? How exactly are we defining that? Domestic terrorism include those infamous parents in the NSBA letter. Parents, John and Mary, who showed up and said, I don't think my kids should be taught to be racist. Oh, domestic terror. I don't know about you guys. That's a... Get some subpoenas out there quick. See how this all ties in? The beginning of the show with the FBI official too? You know, I love that movie. You know, it's corny and goofy. I know it. I get it. But that movie World War Z just cracks me up. I've seen it probably 20 times. Not start to finish. Start to finish probably four or five times. But I love the movie because it just, there's a lot of like little themes in there. One of them is this, this whole, you know, what is it? The 10th man theory where the 10th man has to disagree if the nine agree on something. But the guy, the Israeli guy in the movie with the, when the zombie horde is attacking and nobody believed him when he said it was going to happen. He says, you know, nobody believes anything's going to happen until it does. 
I want you to avoid that. And I want you to be a skeptic. Like I told you to be a skeptic of the FBI in that opening segment. Because nobody believes anything is going to happen until it does. And the possibility of the FBI, you know, going rogue with this domestic terrorism unit and turning into something really dangerous to civil liberties is very real. And I'm very sorry to have to report that to you as a guy who had some really good friends in the FBI. But I'm here telling you, it is a real danger and threat right now. What's going on? Okay. Um, all right, let's just bang this last article out. I'm running a little low on time. But just to show you again the, how the credibility of institutions, Joe Biden, the FBI are collapsing. The CDC and the science infrastructure in the United States is turning into a joke, too. The Wall Street Journal has a story by the great Jay Bhattacharya and Tom Nicholson about another, yes, folks, another deceptive COVID study. You're like, another one? Yes, another one. We had the Arizona study, the Kentucky study, all discredited. Here's another one. So again, the COVID idiots, uh, they wanted to make a point that outdoor sports, indoor sports, sports in general in schools, so dangerous. Get these kids in the house, lock them up. So Duke put out this study, Duke, which has been a source of this kind of nonsense. And the local TV station characterized this study about athletics and COVID as saying, quote, athletics were the source of 50%, Joe, of all COVID school transmissions found in the study. Oh, oh. what? Gee, 50%. 50% school athletics? Man, Joe, you better sit, get those baseball helmets off, folks. Get the gear off, sit down, kids. 50%. So Jay says, you know, it's interesting when you actually look at the data about what actually happened. Seems like the local news station, eager to be COVID idiots, and Duke that put out that info, kind of exaggerated a bit what that 50% actually meant. In the study, they found only three sports-related positives out of 352 tests. <laughs> when combined with three exposures and positives at lunch, these six positives resulted that you get it three out of six. If libs, I know you're listening. Six out of 352, three on the sports field, resulted in a mere 1.7% of maskless exposures ending up with a COVID positive contact. Keep it up, Libs. Keep it up. You guys are doing just great. Yeah. The science, the media and the science bureaucratic swamp credibility being eviscerated by the day. Three out of 352. Three. That's 50%. Three out of six. The other three were at lunch. 50%. (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, Tune into my radio show a little later. And uh, please, if I may... Um, can you subscribe to my Rumble account? I'd appreciate it. It is free, free, requires nothing of you. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Just click that subscribe button. It is free. You will get the email of my show on Rumble every single day. Let's try to get to 3 million. I'd re- that would be pretty awesome. 3 million subscribers. That'd be great. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you later. You just heard Dan Bongino.